This podcast is brought to you by Rise Make Life Workout, a health and self-development platform dedicated to helping busy, everyday Kiwis manage their physical health and upskill their mental well-being. Through sharing relatable and practical content from health practitioners, as well as showcasing interesting stories from interesting people. For more shows, content, events, and coaching, head to our website, www.rise-workout.com. Everybody, welcome back to the High Frequency Club podcast. My name is Marwan Salario. And I'm Sinead Beerman. We're here talking all things self-development, growth, and mindset. Fix your finances, pay off your debts, and earn more money. This is what this episode is all about. And it couldn't have come at a more appropriate time with money being front of mind for a lot of people. Luke Camise is a chartered accountant, business advisor, as well as a public speaker on all things money. Luke shares with us the importance of having those hard conversations around money and finances in our relationships, as well as adopting a pragmatic mindset when it comes to our spending and those true costs of our consumerism. At the end of the episode, Luke shares three things that most people think about and how only focusing on one will help you earn more money. Yeah, truly lots of insights in this episode. So be sure to let us know your thoughts once you've had a listen and make sure you're following along at the High Frequency Club on all your favorite audio platforms as well as Instagram and YouTube. Enjoy the show. We're on, eh? We're We're on. on. Mean. I've been um, fanboying hard. I've been telling (laughs) Sinead all week about like, fuck, and Luke's coming and I've been listening (laughs) to his podcast and I was telling you at the gym um, offline, obviously, that like... It's so good to hear a New Zealand accent and someone who is from the land yeah, talking yeah. about, you know, things that I'm interested in. Yeah. It's great to hear it from, you know, Diary of a CEO, Joe mm. Rogan, but there is just that cultural disconnect. Yeah, for me, for sure. anyway. Yeah. For me. Yeah, um, I've so, had heaps of that as feedback, eh? So, yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, before we talk into about the nitty-gritty shit about, you know, rising costs of living and everything that everyone else is thinking about, why don't you introduce yourself, bro? Tell people who you are and why the hell should people even listen to you uh, with you giving financial advice? Yeah, well, they probably shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't call it financial advice as such. I have to be careful because I'm not an approved financial advisor under some of the regulations and stuff, right? But basically, um, I studied to be a chartered accountant at university and that's a long process. It takes about 10 years. Why I got into that is that I was always fascinated by money and business and I thought accountants get paid well, I can do that, learn more about it and then take the cash that I make and invest in the stock market and be minted. Mm. Surely it's as simple as that. And it probably is, but unfortunately you then pick up a number of bad habits um, as you go through university and life and the simple plan probably gets um, deviated away from a little bit Mm. and basically I probably went through my 20s where I probably knew more than most about what I should be doing with money and what I should be thinking about Uh, but you know fell into all the same traps as everybody else take the interest-free overdraft um, enjoy having a dabble in the pokies and things like that and then maybe doing too much of that when you're having too many beers getting the course loaded costs getting the then the credit card then increasing your income finding out you can actually get a gem visa and you can get a cue card and you can get a 15 grand limit because they just sent you an email and said yeah hey do you want a bigger limit and you think well why not it's interest free and so I probably went down the wrong path of trying to game the system and get all these quick wins and stuff that I think are actually just traps now that I look at it sort of top down um, and see other you know ways that people have gotten into trouble that you think, okay, that's designed for me, but it's actually probably designed to, to have you stuck in some ways. So I had to go through my own sort of journey of unwinding a whole heap of that stuff. Um, and often what would happen is I'd go home and I'd be talking to my dad and my stepmom uh, about finance and the country and taxes and different things and getting their perspective on things and it would come back to there's a real lack of financial literacy here and one day my stepmom basically said to me well why don't you do something about it and I kind of thought well why don't I take some of my own lessons some of the things I'm learning from clients some of the things that I'm learning about tax and that I know from my accounting um, profession and, and going out on my own in business and stuff and why don't I try and just reteach those in plain English to everyday Kiwis mm. and so during lockdown I had more spare time as most of us did and I knew I got to be careful in spare time because you 
can become dangerous, destructive, mm -hmm. do things that you probably don't need to be doing. And so that was a good way for me to focus and produce and create some content and stuff and start sending it out to, to everyday Kiwis. And, and as you would know, you can't just, well, to grow something, you can't really rely on one channel. Uh, you can, but it'll probably go slow. So then start an Instagram page and then you really probably should be podcasting as well. So started basically turning some of these everyday financial lessons that I was sending out as an email and writing them, uh, sorry, and then recording them as a podcast version as well. And then as you know, with the podcasting journey, then you start interviewing different people. People start coming to you saying, hey, I wanna come on there. And then you've gotta navigate, shit, who do you have on there? Who don't you? Who are these people? Can I trust them? You know, I've built this audience. Should we be getting them to speak to the audience and things? So. That's basically it in a, uh, in a, in a nutshell. Mm. Uh, but my experience that I lean on mostly is being a chartered accountant and being lucky enough to get to see inside a number of businesses, people who have done well, people who haven't done well, how come. And I'm probably fascinated a little bit by psychology as well. So I'm trying to figure out those, okay, what's, what's happening for this person but isn't for this person because they've got the same business. Mm. The one's going well, one's not. Mm. And then trying to figure out what's, you know, what's driving that. Mm. And and then learn from those myself, and then reteach those those lessons. Yeah, when, when you mentioned Jim Visa overdrafts, bro, story of my fucking twenties. Yeah, it was like free money back then. That's how I saw it. Yes, you know, I didn't know know what the hell interest was or anything, and I remember having to pay it back, but my balance stayed the same. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So I called him. I was like, yo, I've been paying it back, but my balance is still the same. Like, you've only been paying the interest, and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, and I was like, so I've been paying for six months now, and. I have made no dent into mm. what I owe. And they're like, nah. And Brutal. because I was so far behind, I didn't know that interest rates also accrued. Mm. I remember I got loans to help me get into homes, like for the bond and shit, because my mates were like, oh, bro, your credit's clean as, just go and get it. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Yeah. And like in your mind, you're like, cool, free my, uh, I'll pay it back. But then later down the track, you completely, oh, I forgot. I, I, cho or I chose to forget. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that was Silly decisions, early 20s, uh, and then late 20s had to pay for it. It's hard because it takes so long to unwind it as well. And I think when we're growing up, we hear there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm. And that really only makes sense as you get older and you have some of those free lunches that you think are free and then you realize, oh, now I'm paying for it. Mm. I took ages, man. I got 15 grand credit card. Um, and the reason I got that is because I had a mortgage at this stage. So I was trying to use the money off of that and offset a portion of my mortgage so that I wouldn't be paying interest on that. So, you know, I got a little bit of knowledge, so I'm dangerous and I'm thinking, sweet, I can take this off my credit card and I can offset my mortgage over here. I'm going to gain the system and save myself 20 bucks a month in, in interest or whatever. And then, you know, series of life events and just dipping into it and going on trips with mates that I couldn't really afford to that I'm like, ah, what's another grand on the credit card? Mm. Next thing I'm like, man, logging into internet banking, there's a 13 grand with a minus sign there. And I'm like, said to my brother, mate, like, how did I get here? Well, I knew how I got there, but I'm like, what, like, what do I do? And he's just like, I just gotta repay it. I'm mm. like, well, that advice is kind of not very exciting. Is there a faster way? Yeah. And I just had to go on a journey for like the next X amount of paydays of getting on like a real clean budget and basically paying off. It was the first thing I would do. I'd get paid. I'd ring Westpac and I would say, "Hi, right, can I please decrease my credit card limit? And they're like, oh, okay. Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, fucking A. This is the fifth time I've rung you guys. I'll be telling you to be doing it for another 15 pay cycles. And it was so, well, it wasn't depressing, but it's like, you, you get your pay and then you ring and you pay off some of your past sin. And then you're like, sweet, now I've got to wait till my next fortnightly pay to do the exact same thing again. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people don't clean their, their debt up because it's so boring. And yeah. you're like, this sucks. Then you yeah. can't, or you've done all the exciting stuff, you've racked it up and then you've got to try and pay it back. And yeah, it just, that's not fun. Yeah. And when you can see, oh, this might take me a year. Mm. That's that's hard to think, okay, I've got to do this for an entire year just to get back to zero yeah. and then start building. Yeah, yeah. it feels like when, you, when you're meant to get paid, you're meant to go forward. Yeah, yeah. But when you're paying debt back, like I was in my fucking twenties, it felt like four steps back. Yeah, yeah. But really, I was in a deficit. Mm. I was just trying to get my head above water. You mentioned before, bro, that you knew more than most in terms of like investing and stuff like that uh, at an early age. Was money not a taboo subject for you at home? Because for a lot of people, it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, and like, no, it definitely wasn't. But we talk about it in different ways. But I, I don't know where, I think I grew up where my parents separated and I watched mum struggle a little bit. Um, 
and dad was probably doing like better financially and so I sort of had both sides of it and I was figuring out oh what are they doing versus what is you know what's happening here but like we never went without or anything but it money must have just come into my world and I thought okay this is something I want to learn more about but then I did economics at, at school sixth form and maybe even fifth form and so year 11 12 these days and then accounting so i was like and i was doing math like stats calc like classic geek mm. <laughs> and then like a little bit of geo in there or something i dropped english and my like, oh, i don't need that uh, let's get some more numbers <laughs> so i think i was just numbers 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 money and then business sort of started to fascinate me and i brought some shares in auckland airport um at quite a young age and and they actually i think a, a canadian pension fund wanted to buy auckland international airport and I was like, I think my five grand that I put in or whatever it was, was going to be worth nine or something if this deal went through. And I'm like, oh my God, like I am, I know what I'm doing here. This is unreal. And then the deal fell over because I think, I can't remember what happened, but basically the government or the Commerce Commission or something said, you know, no, no, you can't sell. That's a strategic asset effectively, something like this. It's so long ago now. And I'm sort of thinking, what the hell? I thought I made the right decisions. I'm trying to look after myself here and prepare myself for the future, but I can't sell something that I've paid for. This is bizarre. So then I started to think, like, you know, then you realise this is actually how the world works. There's regulations and these taxes and the governments and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think we're always pretty open to talk about money. Um, probably, like everybody, when it's not going your way, you want to hide from it and you don't want to make mm. that call to your brother or your sister and be like, oh, look, I'm 13K in a credit card hole. How good is this? You know, <laughs> you're, you're embarrassed. But you get to that. I think I've probably gotten better at getting to problems and then going I need to talk to someone about this mm. and that was probably just a you know another avenue of that for me mm. yeah yeah I, I really want to go back to obviously the trials and tribulations for you was that you were spending money that you didn't have mm. and ultimately uh, like many people who are listening right now they are paying off debt yeah. because they bought shit they couldn't really afford what's your advice to someone right now who is in you know 15k 20k or just a deep amount of debt but feels stuck and or feel stuck um that they can't pay it off yeah, you just have to go through the grind of trying to get yourself back to zero and it sucks and it's boring and it's not fun and you're going to miss opportunities because you can't um, you can't invest, you can't go to things, you can't hang with your friends or whatever, there's just there's an opportunity cost and you're going to miss those because you have to tidy up what I call your past sins. Now, you need to figure out um, what money you've got left over pay to pay and then you have to then use that to try and clear that debt and try and find milestones along the way that are going to give you wins. So it might be you've got a one grand credit card. Okay, can we clear that first, for instance, and then tackle the, the five grand gem visa that you've got or whatever, because you need to feel like you're making some progress along the way. Mm. And that's how, you know, much like training and, and being in the gym and things like that, if you're not seeing things happen, you're kind of going, nah, this plan's wrong. You got this plan wrong, so you kind of need to see some wins as you go, and then even take time to celebrate those. So, I almost got excited by the process of going right. I know this next year for this credit card, for instance, is going to suck, um, but I need to go through it. And the longer I can stick to it, it's going to start just feeling more rewarding, and it did. And then you've got to try and change your habits that are leading to you to want to use it. Because you're going to be tempted at some stage where you're going to have cleared a bit of that credit and then you're going to go, well, it's still available and someone's wanted me to do X, Y, Z. Like, maybe I should just do it. I deserve it. So I'm going to reward myself, treat myself. Like, all the bullshit that we somehow get taught and we fall for and we think that it's, that it's good for us. Mm. You've got to try and go, like, actually, I've tried that before. That doesn't work for me. So I think... You know, getting good things coming into your ears because you got to. We live in a world now where, you know, if you walk outside, if you go on your phone, um, if you go to work, if you hang out with your friends, like you're just getting bombarded with either negative shit or people trying to encourage you to give them your money. Mm. Um, Black Friday sales, you know, mm. all the stuff is basically just like, hey, give us your money, mm. and we sort of look at it, and, you know, buy now, pay later, and just billboards and marketing stuff everywhere. So we're constantly getting bombarded with. Righto, you know, we can take the money off you because we know how to do it because we've got the marketing skills, the psychology, all the stuff that we don't have because we're not learning it. Mm. And you're tr you've got to try and fight that. So then you almost need to combat it with the right information going into your ears and your eyeballs where you're going, ah, I know what's happening here, you know. So you, you start to feel like you're, you've got a few more tools in the fight now. And as an example, you know, you might go, well, using buy now, pay that is really good. 
but on the back side of that you end up in a massive marketing funnel where you know the last pair of shoes I brought I brought it platypus and like, I'm just getting bombarded with emails in the, mm. in the coming months and they're fucking flashing at me with like sale 40% mm. off and bang like unsubscribe mm. I've got my shoes see you later mm. but those are those flow on effects that if you don't you know, we, we don't get taught about that, so you don't see that. You're just mm. like, oh, that's cool. Platypus has followed up with me a month, like a week mm. on or whatever. But really, they're like, well, this dude turned up here. He showed intent. He overpaid for his speakers because he uh, his um, sneakers. He probably could have got them cheaper somewhere else. He brought the shoe bloody spray China. as well. Yeah. You know, I didn't fucking eat. I told him. I got it at home. <laughs> He's like, are you sure, man? It's really good. And I'm like, oh, fuck, just put it on and shut up. You know, and so like even I'm falling for this stuff too. And then bang, they're still hammering me. Like, come in and get another pair. I'm like, I don't need another pair. Mm. But I'm tempted. I'm like, okay, mm. 40% off. Maybe I should get another pair. I wonder what else they got there. But mm. I'm smart enough now to be like, no, like unsubscribe, get me out of this because mm. they're just trying to put me into that funnel. So, you know, you've got to tidy up so much stuff. Mm. And when you start talking about it, you realize that actually how big of a job it is. Mm. But it's so easy to get a buy now, pay later or a credit card mm. or whatever. And I think... One of the lessons I often talk about too is that say you get given a $2,000 credit card, for most people to pay that off, you need a $3,000, you need $3,000 of income to pay off your $2,000. So what I mean by that is that say you earn $3,000, say you're earning $51,000, but you're on $48,000 at the start of the year and at the end of the year you get given a $3,000 pay rise. Now, in New Zealand, tax rates move to 30% at the moment on income above $48,000. So in that year, we're on 48 grand, and we're like, oh, I'm going to get a credit card, it's two grand, that's not much, you know. And then you get this pay rise of three grand, and you think, wicked, I got a three grand pay rise, but effectively, a third of that's gone to tax. Mm. So then if, you, and if you're contributing to KiwiSaver as well, so in a year's time, you get that three grand pay rise, and you're thinking, well, I'm going to get a pay rise, that'll pay off my credit card. That three grand pay pay rise is effectively only two grand, and that's what like that's then going to take. Yeah, yeah. You, but you've got to then work a year to get mm. that two grand. Mm. So that, but a lot of people don't think like that as well. They think okay, two grand's not that much, but we get it net. Which if we were to go and work for that money, we would have to pay tax on that too, to then have that same amount of cash in our hand. So borrowing debt's actually a lot bigger number than what we think it is because we're not thinking about the tax side of. Mm. Um, making it to then pay the tax to have the leftover amount to try and pay down the debt. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of people, you're right, don't wouldn't think like that. I fucking definitely wouldn't. <laughs> nah, you know? So yeah. if, if I'm an everyday person, right, I'm thinking mm. about fuck. We're good to get a two grand credit card. What things should I have on my checklist to help me make my decision? So I guess you just got to come back to like why you know like why do you need this? Do you really need to like what are you using this debt for? Because debt can actually be good if you use it for things that are going to generate you a better return. So mm. as an example, say you're going to set up um, a, a podcasting studio and it's going to cost you two grand of equipment, but you know that on the other side of that, there's sponsors. You're going to be able to make some income from doing that. You would argue that that's a better use of debt and that's a better reason to go into debt mm. with a credit card or a Q card or something compared to Luke gets an email, um, someone says to them, I should be careful saying Q card to stuff. That might be discovering defamation at some stage. Any type of card we're saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, know, you get an email saying, like, you qualify for this card and you think, well, sweet, yeah, okay, Christmas is coming up, um, holiday season, I do want to go to R&V with my mates or whatever, like, fuck this, let's put it on this credit card and then you've got nothing to show for it in six months time because you've but you've had the experiences and whatnot so that's not really generating you a turn a return apart from a bit of fun in the meantime but on our first example we may generate a return in terms of of you know getting some income coming in mm. from the work that we're doing so as always like with financial decisions you've got to come back to like why am i doing this am i deciding to do this or is some marketing telling me to do this has somebody else told me this is a good mm. idea um and really you know like sit on things and go is the future me happy to repay this because that's who's repaying it mm. and you've got to look almost sometimes i say like look in the mirror and have a conversation with yourself and be like bro like, imagine if I said to myself when I got that 15 grand credit card, like, mate, are you all good? Like, future you, are you all good to repay this? Because mm. fucking you're doing it, I'm not doing it. Mm. So the future version of you is going to have to do a whole heap of different shit to mm. be able to repay this than the current loop because the current loop is going to get the debt, 
blitz it on bears, trips, whatever he wants. And then the future you is going to have to sacrifice everything and not do anything for a year or two years and pay this down. So you have to look at these things from like, why is it that you want it? Who's telling you? Are you actually happy to repay it? How are you justifying it? And try and almost build reasons for uh, or a case for not doing it because mm-hmm. everything's coming at you saying, do do it. Mm. So with credit cards, I've always been under the impression, not, I don't have one, but from people that do have them, that it works in your favor if you're you're good at paying things back on time. So if you didn't need to you know, buy a new washing machine or buy a mm. fridge and you pop that on your credit card, like as long as you pay it back within that interest-free period, like that's where you can kind of get the bonuses of it and the extra air points and whatever else that comes with it. Yeah. So is that kind of the case for most people if they you know use the credit card well and that's what we get taught right and there's an argument that that's completely and 110 percent accurate but i then look at it and go who makes all the fucking money like why is visa so massive uh, why mm. are all the banks making massive profits like mm. are they seriously telling us that they're gonna give us a little bit extra of these ear points and these different mm. things and they're going to go without. I'm like, but they're still crushing it. Mm. Um, and then you see, you know, it, it's usually around 8 to 9% of people are behind on their buy now, pay later um, credit cards and things like that. And even um, paying their power bill and stuff. So like, those are the, probably the people that are subsidizing it for everybody else. But yes, there's a big argument for use the credit, pay it back on time. But there's also some research to suggest that if you use credit you're likely to spend more than what you would have because mm. you're like ah, it's on the credit card bingo yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so but that's the bit that gets missed in that conversation i don't know i've just found that i've had a credit card i've not um i've got a westpac debit card which also gets ear points and i've never felt more empowered than when i haven't lived the debt life compared to to how i do it now uh, but everybody's got to figure out their own relationship with debt and then, you know, why they are doing it. We all love to think, oh, I've never missed a loan repayment, like, or a credit card payment. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, <laughs> or, like, mine, I don't even get any fees with mine. Oh, okay, you sure? What about the $50 a year when you yeah. go online and it basically says if you want this, it's going to be 50 bucks? What about every time you tap it and you're paying a 2% surcharge? Yeah, yeah. Like, we just want to miss all these things because I think... We want to hope that we're like we're getting a win. We're like, nah, fuck you. I'm gaming the system, man, because this is all the yeah. shit that I did. I was like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this money off my credit card. I get these hot points. And I get Bunnings vouchers and all yeah. this stuff. Next thing, I'm 15k in a hole, being like, I gotta repay this. Like this, mm. you know. So they won. I didn't win. I won for a little bit. I thought I did, but really, they're like, here he is, dickhead. He'll he'll bugger this up. Yeah, yeah. me and Shanae have been thinking about getting because one of my best friends has a credit card and he gets ear points on it, and he hasn't paid for a fucking airfare in years yeah. and he's gone to the point where he's got gold status elite yeah. where he got me in premium economy and I was like fuck this is nice this <laughs> yeah. is living out here yeah. but like we are not fully sold on getting a credit card with airpoints because me I, I can admit that I've still got trauma from my fucking early 20s yeah. Yeah, that sucked yeah. that sucked that really sucked um, I don't want to get a credit card and I think for that reason you, you're naturally probably going to start to live beyond your means because it's like oh just pop on the credit card yeah. pay it off later forgetting that like oh no you might only have 60 days to pay it off and it's like are you actually gonna have five grand to pay that off in the 60 days probably mm. not so do you not have a credit card nah true yeah i've got a debit and that's about all, that's all you need yeah i've got a work credit card to be fair that's yep. always paid back on time doesn't have any ear points don't care uh but that's just because it was needed so it's sort of different circumstances yeah but yeah by me personally debit card but also I changed my mindset so i guess the piece where i've missed there is that i kind of went from scarcity to abundance through my mm. journey as well of like why don't i just try and figure out how to make more cash so i can pay for mm. premium economy mm. like, why don't i challenge myself to be you know to, to be that person mm. who would you rather be the person that's like oh yeah fuck yeah i get 200 bucks of airpoints a month from westpac because i'm spending so much shit on my credit card <laughs> or Bro, I just dropped 400 bucks on some premium economy flights and man, like I never thought I'd be able to do this, but mm. this is sick and I taught myself how to do it. Mm. And I was like, hmm, I think I'd rather be that bloke. Yeah, yeah. But that's an individual decision. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm lucky where I've then found ways to increase my income and do those things. Mm. Um, 
So not everyone can do that or it might be hard for people, but that's taken me a long time to get there too. But I could mm. see that years in the future. I'm like, in five years time, do I want to be the second guy that's like, yeah, I can afford premium economy off my own back here. Or do I want to still be the guy that's like tap, 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 ruin on the credit card being like, yeah, yeah. look at these airpoints I've got. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because for the last uh, 30 minutes, we've been talking about paying back money. Now you've started talking about how to make more money. So obviously for a lot of Kiwis, front of mind right now is the rising cost of living, right? Mm. Um, people are either are trying to cut off things that they maybe don't need or some things that are non-essential. And then there's the other path, which is actually make more money. Yeah. I'm sure everyone wants to make more money. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to people who want to go down that path? Wow, righto, how do we do it? Okay. Let's go! <laughs> this is what we're here for! Yeah. So I guess firstly, like there's a few parts to this. So one is that like we live in a little bit of a country of um, fuck the rich, they don't pay enough tax, um, you know, why should you have to make more money? Be careful, you work hard, you'll burn yourself out. Um, we, we rip off the workers, they do all the hard work and they get shafted in this country. Like if you keep consuming that, that's going to be your life. And you're going to be like, yeah, this is, man. This, this fucking whole thing is really unfair. And I can make a massive case for that argument being 150% accurate. But not everyone's living like that. So for me, I got to a point where I was like, I'm sick of being pissed off about it all. How are these other people doing it? How are people buying houses, driving around in different cars that I can't afford? How are they not living with credit cards and things? And... You know, for most of us, we don't choose what to study, so then we just get given information, education, and we just end up down there, and we do think, yeah, the system's against me, and fucking capitalism, and it's the elites, and it's the government, and it was national, it was labor, and it just goes round in circles, and like, I call it now, at some stage, by mistake, you turn down a cul-de-sac, and you're basically in that cul-de-sac with all the same people, and you're just going round and round talking to them, and they're all saying the same shit, and if you didn't go down there, you might have gone into another cul-de-sac where it's flasher and there's a fucking Bentley parked out the front and you'd be like, oh, hey, how'd you get a Bentley? Mm. They'd be like, oh, well, listen, you know, this is what I had to do, but it took me 15 years and blah, blah, blah. And you might not want that, but you'll pick up the principles that help them get there. And it might not be the Bentley. It might just be like a life that you want to design. So you've got to be very careful what cul-de-sac you got sucked into mm. with those people and sometimes go like, Hmm, I'm sick of hearing that. I'm sick of hearing that it's, you know, not possible under Labour. It's not possible under National. I want to hear from someone that's like, man, I crushed it under all governments. And you're like, how? Teach me. How did you do that? So the beauty now is that we live in a world where there is this information out there and we can go and find it. And there's people in New Zealand that are sharing their stories and around the world and whatnot. But that brings me to sort of point number two. And that is for most of us, when we start working, we get taught trade your time for money. So then you grow up thinking, okay, well, I start on minimum wage, uh, and then you're thinking, well, mate, now I'm getting 30 bucks an hour, and my mate's only getting 28 or whatever, and, and you're thinking that that's how the world works. But the people that are doing really well don't trade time for money, they trade value for money. So we all know this because we don't go to a movie and be like, hey, what's the movie cost? And they're like, oh, well, this one's an hour and a half, so that means it's $30 because it's usually $20, but it's 20 plus another 10 for the half. Mm. We're like, yo, I fucking love The Rock. What does the ticket cost? And give me some popcorn. Give me that overpriced frozen Coke, mm. and I'll pay $6 for that. We're not pricing in per hour, but we come back to it like, oh, man, how many hours of work is that to do that? But this is what they know that like we don't, but we can also learn. So people that can sell something of value can make more money than people who are purely charging for an hour of your time as such. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where you can, you've got to go on your own journey and figure that stuff out more. But then you go, okay, well then how does that work? Well, you need to say, solve problems for people. So, you know, when we go to the dentist, for instance, it might be massively expensive, but they've whacked in a filling and they've stopped like the rest of our teeth decaying, for instance, or whatever they do, right? We've stopped gum disease. And so you're mm. like, okay, I'll pay whatever to have that sorted mm. because that's solving a massive problem for me. So that's 
literally how you make money. You find problems and you solve them. But we get taught, oh, go and work for somebody or go and swap an hour of your time and even do eight of them, do eight of them and you'll get this much. And you think like, oh, okay, well that makes sense and it's proven because it, it happens. But then you go past other people and they're not doing that and you think, well, hang on, what do they know that I don't? And if you can go around and look for people's problems and figure out, okay, how can I solve that and what's it going to mean to them, then how can I get paid for that? So the simplest way I like to talk about it is basically, say you mow your own lawns, it's a massive chore to you and you're like, fuck, that's going to take me you know, 30 minutes, but you get it done. But Nellie across the road, she doesn't have a lawn mower. She needs a lawns mowed. They're overgrown, and you're like, hmm, they probably shouldn't be. You know, maybe she doesn't want them to be, you know, overgrown like that. You go over there and say, hey, would you like me to mow your lawns for you? You're not going to go. It's going to take me this much time because mm-hmm. you've trained yourself not talk like that. You're basically like, oh, you know, do you need that done? Oh, yes, I actually. I've been waiting two weeks for John to turn up, and John's never turned up to do it. Oh, that's fine. Do you want me to do it? You know, are you happy I'll do it for $50? Mm-hmm. And you whack through it in 15 minutes. All of a sudden, you've been taught from an early age, okay, paid per hour, to now basically $50 in 15 minutes because you've solved someone's pain point, and that's effectively a $200 per hour um, payment, right? So then you go, whoa, shit, this, this thing works. This is real. But for most of us, we stay down the path of the trading time for money, and we don't learn other ways to figure out how do I bring in more income. Mm. So there's not many teachers of that in New Zealand, and that's where it becomes hard because basically I think it's around one in nine people in New Zealand earn over $100,000. So that's not many people to learn from to be like, how have you done that? Mm. Um, and it might be in a job, or and so then you go, well, that's too hard because I didn't go to uni and I don't have that degree and I don't want to do eight years doing marine biology or, or whatever. And so then you're like, oh, okay, so then there's less people. So you need to go and find those people that are doing well and get really curious from them and be like, hey, you're like, how would you approach this? Uh, I've got a speaking gig on Friday and it's five grand for an hour. You know, that's completely fucking blowing my yeah, like, paradigm. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I get like shivers, and but I know in a few years I won't get shivers from doing that because mm. it'll be more normal. But each time I say to them now, like, yes, I can come and do this. It's going to be five grand. That's my day rate. They're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, fuck. Mm. Like what? <laughs> Should have done more. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm like, oh, they were right. Everyone was right, and I took so long to figure this stuff out. Mm. But I've had to get. But the thing is, it's not really five grand for an hour because you are. You've got to prep, you've got to make slides. I might even pay someone to help me make the slides. I've got to figure out, okay, how am I going to smash it with this audience? How can I leave them with something to remember? What's the knowledge? How has this person actually come to find me? I went and had a meeting with them prior. So, you know, people look at this stuff and go like, oh, easy for you to say, but you're condensing like all of this work that you've done in prior years into that Mm. and sharing those lessons. But it's a good example of how a younger version of Luke, you know, probably didn't think that you could get paid five grand for an hour speaking on stage Mm. and i'll love it as well it's going to be epic so but then eventually i got to the point where i was like well why not me like why can't i and i've set goals of like i'm going to get 10 i'm like i can't just you know i could start just saying hey 10 i'm like well let's just dangle the you know the feet in the water here and see if we can get a two and a three and then slowly i'm like okay let's do a five Mm. um and yeah basically people start saying yes and then you start to get the realization that okay this can be possible but i know that's not massively practical for people listening because they might be like okay well i'm not going to be able to go out and do that but you've got to start with the belief that you can make more money and then you've got to start to look for ways that you can do it and i always say to people stick with what you're good at because you're Mm. good at it so then why not do a bit more of that because i think most of us go oh i need the new fancy idea but Mm. what happens is that we go down that path and we spend ages trying to get it going and it's really hard. Then we realize like, oh shit, this is way harder than I thought it was. I tried that. I've tried everything because you tried one thing. <laughs> but, you know, you're like, Fuck that this. One. yeah, you yeah. know, the, what's the point? So you've got to go back to the things that you're actually good at or keep it simple or try and solve people's problems. And that's normally where the money lies. So the three things I'm hearing is that one, be aware of your echo chamber mm-hmm. and what chamber you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two is um, what you were saying before of go from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset instead of trying to hold on to what you've got, see if you can create more, create more avenues. And three, 
start shifting your mindset around time equals money rather value. towards to value yeah. equals equals yeah. money. Yeah, there's a saying: value uh, money exchanges hands when value exceeds price. Mm. And what that means is that if someone can't see the value in what the what you're going to do for them, they won't Bias. give you the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. is when you get people that their first question to you as a PT will be like. Or how long are your sessions and how much? Yeah, which is my, time, this, which is my time least favorite. And the money versus the ones that, that, like you question. said, once they come and you explain the process of like, this is where you're at, this is where I'm going to help you get to. Nice. Which mm. is like, wow, you're going to change my life for only 90 bucks? Fuck yeah, sign me up. That's cheap. Yeah. yeah. So they, yeah, they think yeah. That, that's a huge value. It's like, you're going to take me from, I have no energy, I can't play with my kids, I'm not mobile to all mm. of these things. You're going to help me with that with one session a week. 90 bucks cheap yeah yeah i've learned to do in a consultation now to the last thing you think talk about is even the time yeah it's all about like what are you trying to gather the information out of them about what they're going to achieve yeah working with me and then say the price for 95 dollars for um once a week once a week that everything that you want you're going to get nice mm. yeah mm. i mean sometimes i get ruthless and i'd be like you know if i were you i'd be thinking about the cost of not doing this Mm. They're like, oh, oh, oh. you're yeah. like, shit, you kid, you're gonna be miserable. Oh, like, you, you know, just whatever, and like lay out what their life could look like. Mm. And and because you know, sometimes you do have to explain to people because we're hardwired in New Zealand to think about time and 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 per um, hour units and things. Because they'll be thinking, how the fuck do you judge ninety five dollars an hour when I only get paid thirty dollars or an hour or whatever? Mm. And you know, you've got to explain to them like, hey, this isn't a like this isn't a uh, you know a time and cost thing. Yeah. You know this is you getting the results that you need. So I need you to be brought into this. Yeah. I need you to be invested in this is an investment into you. If you're looking at this of like I'm just going to come watch the clock run down and I've got to pay for it per that like that's that's this probably isn't it. Yeah. Because I want yeah. you to achieve the things that you want and those are going to be worth a lot more to you than you transacting a little bit of this money. Mm. But those are really brave and like hard conversations to have. Mm. Uh, but you know I still have to have them. I had one recently where this lady said to me, twelve hundred dollars for two and a half hours, and I'm thinking, love. I'm getting fucking five grand to speak for an hour and I've already wasted half an hour on the phone with you and sent this email and now replying to you and I haven't even met with you to give you the fucking answers. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you just have to, like, it's just it's just part of business mm. and stuff as well. What, what would you say to someone listening right now who is thinking, Luke, easy for you to fucking say. I work 40 to 45 hours per week. How the fuck am I meant to find more time to find an idea and then execute it? Yeah, it'd be say, yeah, fucking oath, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was the same, you know. Um, and it's easy for me to say because I've done it. Mm. So, you know, I, I hear that argument and I get it, but show me your calendar, show me your phone, show me your screen time. Mm. Um, the, the, the funniest one is like business owners will say to me, oh, like we don't have time to do this stuff. And I'm like, sweet, did you go to the supermarket last week? Yeah, how long did it take to drive there? Oh, 20 minutes. How long are you going there for? 40? How long did it take you to get home? 20? How long did it take you to unpack everything? 10? I'm like, sweet. Imagine if you just clicked and clicked or got that shit delivered and paid the $13 delivery and then sent out some fucking emails to some prospects mm. or actually did some shit that was going to increase the value of your income or your business. Mm. Like, oh, but I like going to the supermarket. Mm. Right, so you like it more than solving the problem that you've actually got. So again, you've got to like decide that it is actually what you want to do mm. and then try and figure out where am I wasting time in my life that I could swap back for mm. that because you know we all hear all the same shit about how we all get 24 hours in a day and whatnot and you know sometimes i look at elon and these other people and just think how are they doing so much shit mm. um but again it's like another journey where we haven't been taught how to maximize our time and get more out of it and figure out okay what could i be doing uh, in the spare time and it could be that you decide right i'm gonna do one saturday a month or there's 12 more days than you were gonna do so like, what are you going to do on those 12 days? And it might be mowing lawns or it might be private tutoring. It could be, we're going to suck it up. We're going to get a border into our home. We're going to collect 200 bucks a week from having the border. How am I going to do that? Well, I've got to turn my mind to it. I've got to go onto Facebook groups and start saying, hey, we've got a room available for a border. Does anyone know anybody that needs a border? And all of a sudden, they're there with you for a year. Yes, it sucks. You've got someone in your house, but bang, you've got 10 grand of extra income. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got to make a decision and go, right, how am I going to do this? And what are we going to, you know, what are you going to sacrifice to get that? And basically just, you know, go after it.
Yeah, or the alternative is to stop complaining if you don't want to do anything about it, right? Ah, yeah, look, the, the complaining bit's easier, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I just want to acknowledge that I know it's really tough out there at the moment, and it is, this is why I was doing so much of this content long ago, and it's really been blowing up recently, because I think people are like, ah, oh, this guy was always like yelling at us on Instagram and TikTok and stuff about getting your shit sorted early. Mm. Now we're here, you mm. know, and it's hard to do this stuff you know, when you really need to do it, it's sometimes a little bit easier to to do it, but ahead of needing to, so that you can kind of look back and go like, oh, I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad that we got that border because now our interest rates have gone up and now we can afford to, to pay the new amount or we had an emergency and we've got some cash set aside to be able to do that. Mm. Um, but also just a very simple framework that people can use is go onto your social media we've all got an audience whether it's our own facebook instagram snapchat or whatever and put something up and basically just say like you're looking for this sort of person and to help them do this sort of product or service do you know anyone and that's all you have to do and you will be surprised who will come back to you and go like oh mate like this person so as an example you might be good at cleaning ovens and you think, well, there's no money in that. Well, I know a business that turns over over a million dollars simply just cleaning ovens. So you go on social media and you say, I'm looking for people with dirty ovens that need them cleaned before Christmas. Do you know anyone? Mm. Chris was just talking to John and John's like, fuck man, I can't be bothered cleaning my oven. That's a $500 problem to John for John because he doesn't want to do it and he's going to take the kids to rugby this weekend, etc." You go around there, it's um, clean as, and then you go above and beyond as well, and you go, right, you're going to do the microwave for free, and they come back and they're like, holy shit, they did the microwave and the bloody oven for us, mm. and it might have taken you two hours and you get 500 bucks. Mm. Now, that seems too simple, but mm. honestly, the amount of times I've seen this work, unreal. Same thing, a mate of mine into a Facebook group, he's good at cricket, goes into a Facebook group in his local community, uh, and just says, hey, I'm opening up my Sundays to train some under 12s for batting practice. Do you know anyone that needs any training? He's like, bro, within two hours, I had, I, can't, I might have been like $290 worth of income on a Sunday, mapped out for the next five weeks. And he's awesome. like, three parents, X amount of kids, like, yep, I'll do those, I'll just refine this, get it better, try and stack them all back to back, so an hour, an hour, an hour, mm. bang, I can use that money to start paying down my credit card. So you can come and tell me, easy for you to say, and you can say that, you know, that's not going to work and shit, but you give me your problems, I'll tell you, like, mm. some, I've seen so much shit, and I'm like, oh my god, that worked, like, wow, that's amazing. Mm. Half the time, it's us being too scared to actually put ourselves out there, because mm. you're going to get the, oh, why are you cleaning ovens, oh, who do you think you are coaching cricket, and you're like, mm. oh, yeah, I'm a New Zealander, fuck, I better not do anything extra, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true though that you'd rather, well I always have that mindset sometimes of like, fuck for me to do that job it's going to take me like half a day, I would mm. rather just pay in a professional and like yeah. call them and they'll be like, yeah we'll do it in an hour, how much, yeah cool I don't care because I'm like, I just want it done yeah. and I don't want to have to do it. Yeah so, what you're essentially doing there is buying time right, I've got another time. client yeah. who yeah. Um, he Ubers to and from work but he owns yeah. a car right yeah. and I'm like why the fuck do you do that, that must cost so much money and he says bro I do work and email leads while I'm in the back seat yeah. um, of the Uber which means I'm actually getting sales while, and I'm not wasting my time 30 yeah. minutes each way driving. In that one hour, I'm making money or I'm generating money. I'm buying time to make more money. And I was like, oh shit, that was one of the biggest lessons. Yeah. Hence why for a long time I was um, uh, outsourcing food so I would yeah. get meals delivered. But so, I wouldn't just eat my fucking meal and be like, oh, I'm going to watch UFC with this extra time that I don't have to cook anymore. You mm -hmm. know, I was in the office fucking getting after it, writing emails, tr trying to give value to my clients rather yeah. than just wasting the time that I just bought. Yeah, you know? mm. that's so good because that, that's exactly what we've just been talking about where you're basically looking, like you've gotten curious to, your, to that person. You're like, you're like, why do you do that? Because other people would be like, what a fucking idiot. Like, who does he think he is? Oh, I must think he's minted. Oh, I must think he's important. I'll tell you, the next time you're watching the news and there's a story about a politician, take note of what door that fucking politician gets into in the car. Mm. They ain't driving the car. Mm. Why aren't they driving the car? Mm. Why are our politicians driving the cars? Why do they have a driver? Because mm. ah, they're in the back, right? Yeah. Getting after it. They're exactly. working. Yeah. yeah. So it's all around us if you start looking for it, but you don't start seeing it until 
you you basically turn your mind to be like, okay, like I've got to unwind some of the shit that I've learned and I've got to get curious about what other people are doing. Mm. And like you said, so much of that would be learned behaviours. Like so much of our, what we know about finances and money is what we've learned from our parents. And if they yeah. weren't that financially literate, we would have just taken on those same habits or the same attitudes towards money as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, very quick on that. You know, like I, I didn't learn this from my parents as such, so I don't want to come across like that because I've got to be careful with some things I say now because often my parents watch stuff and they're like we didn't teach you that <laughs> society taught me that and I grew up thinking everyone in the Coro Lounge for instance in the airport I'm like fucking wankers you're stuck up like they must be all the rich people fuck they think they're awesome someone's like to me dude have you got one of those memberships it's like nah man that's for fucking rich people eh? and it's like mate you're a bit like you could close a deal in there you might meet like someone really influential and I was like oh yeah shit they're like what are you like hurry up and you know the first time I, I got there and I, I went in and I was like oh fuck it was packed as at Auckland airport and then a politician came in and there were no seats and I'm still in like the humble I was like oh you can have my seat and just went back out into the <laughs> into the, the normal area yeah but honestly like I have used that I've done work in there I've bumped into CEOs of big companies you can network with people mm. and yeah, like that took a massive mindset shift for me to go, okay, maybe that is worth 600 bucks mm-hmm. of, of my, you know, annual income coming in to go, what opportunities on the other side of that door? Mm. Like that's the question you have to ask, not why do they fucking think they have to sit in there before their flight? Who do they think they are? Mm. You know, you never know like, you know, who's, who's on the other side of that door. Yeah. Mm. In a recent podcast, bro, in Money Mail 184, um, you said it was titled Are Kiwis Getting Poorer? And you were mm. saying that card spending is actually down by 7%. Yeah. Right? But you're saying that a lot of people are continuing to spend or actually increasing their spending on like concerts and sports games and airfares. Yeah. That doesn't quite make sense, doesn't it? No. Unless people are paying cash. Yeah, yeah. Or like, well, what's, what's the deal there? How does that make sense? Yeah, so just for some context, so um, Kiwis are technically getting poorer on paper because our net worth as, a, as households combined is decreasing. So what that basically means is the, the values of our assets are decreasing. So properties, stocks, Kiwi savers, businesses, all those sorts of things. And so through the height of the pandemic, when we had heaps of money in circulation, there was uh, a massive bubble of assets and that's slowly being deflated. So yeah, as people are being squeezed in the pocket, their assets are, are often coming back the other way as well. And so Kiwis are feeling like, fuck, you know, I'm, I'm going backwards on paper. Um, but as part of that, I was talking about card data that had come out recently and basically like adjusted for inflation. What it's saying is that Kiwis aren't buying as much stuff. You know, that spending that is down about 7%. So it means that, you know, I might have gone and got those platypus shoes and gone, nah, you know what, I don't need the, the sneaker cleaner, for instance. You mm. get that, they're obviously making decisions to go, nah, I, I don't need that. And so I think that's a lot of things that it's more sort of consumer goods and things like that. Mm. But what we're seeing on, on the other hand is that people are traveling. Um, but interestingly, New Zealand just had some data about how their fears are decreasing. Um, but I didn't dig into that too far. So, But people are going to concerts and the weekend's coming here or was coming here. And it's mm. like, sold out. We're mm. going to put on extra shows. And you're thinking, this doesn't stack up. The narrative is that everyone's struggling with the cost of living and things. But people are still out there and they're in bars and they're buying and they're going to the Warriors and they're selling tickets out. And you're thinking... Like, how is this happening? But I think part of it is that people are going, yeah, do I need that second really good smelling candle or whatever off the internet or that? I'm not going to add a second book on if I'm buying it. But, man, I do want an experience. Yeah, I do want to go to the weekend or I do want to go on some trip, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeking ways to spend our money that makes us feel like we are still having fun and we can get past the doom and gloom of, higher interest rates and, and mm. costs like that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that might be what it is, but it, it's hard to know, man. Like, it's very yeah, so like we're valuing experiences over things yeah. and possessions, maybe. Yeah, my, my, my thing is that are we valuing short-term gratification or all of that is ex- all the experience is also very important too, right? Mm. Is, that, is that what it's saying? Well, you know, I'd just be careful for people, like, what decisions are you making? You know, why is it that you need to go to the weekend, for instance? I'm not saying, like, don't do this stuff, but, you know, are you putting yourself in debt to do it just because you mm. you you've you got taught, you know? You're working hard, you deserve it, you know? Well, shit, 
does your future self want to repay that for you? Because mm. um, you know, I'm going to an event in Australia um, on the way to just have you know family Christmas, and all of a sudden it's like accommodation, um, a few beers, tickets to the event, and I'm thinking, holy shit, this is an expensive whim decision of like mm. let's go to that football game yeah mm. uh, by the time you start layering all those things on i'm like we'll probably go out for dinner prior or after or whatever and buy a couple of hot dogs or something at the, mm. at the game mm. and all of a sudden you're like i'm like even i'm thinking shit um do we need to be doing all of that mm. so yeah. i think we all need to be questioning like what we're spending on just to look after our future selves a little bit better of okay we don't always know what's around the corner or what dental bill or whatnot. And mm. it's very easy with hindsight to look back and be like, damn it, I wish I didn't spend that 500, 400, 300, 200 bucks on that. If I had have known, like how often do you hear this? Like if I had have known um, that my tooth was going to fall out, I wouldn't have gone to that or I wouldn't have done this or gone on that trip or booked it on a whim. So I think it's just a time where we all need to be you know, cautious because things are still pretty tough out there. Mm. I like the saying that with Black Friday, Black Friday sales, you save a hundred percent by just not yeah. partaking in them. And I'm like, it's very true. I think it's they're good if you if you have been had your eyes on something yeah. and now it's half price. But mm. I think otherwise, you're just spending money that for the sake of spending money. Yeah. yeah. Look, did you participate in Black Friday? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I joke about it being like White Tuesday and what other things do you need, you know, names to be put on things to encourage you to spend. Like, these are all just marketing tactics and stuff. But, you know, there'll be people listening to that being like, bullshit, bro, you know, like I I saw the discounts and I was going to get this anyway or whatever. Mm. But, you know, I kind of, I, I understand that. But realistically for a lot of us, mm. it is just uh, more marketing, more consumerism, more like, hey, you've got the money, we need to get it off you, mm. give it here. and Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, mm. and behind it. Bros, it said that a lot of relationships end because of money problems, right? Mm. Um, could you describe your knowledge around money personalities and how would you approach, uh, what advice would you give someone who needs to approach their partner on yeah. these awkward conversations? Yeah, there's heaps of literature on different types of money personalities and things like that. I'm not by any means an expert in that space, so I've still got like, learning to do over there to figure some of that out. Um, so I won't talk to that too much just because there'll be people that are way more knowledgeable about that than I am. There's, there's a lady on your podcast, actually. Yeah. Uh, what's her name again? If yeah. people want to listen to that. Um, geez, now I've just forgotten. That's bad. That's all good. It's it'll on um, money. Uh, sorry. Keep the change. Keep the change podcast. Yeah, yeah it'll come back to me. Um, but basically, you know, we'll all end up in relationships, no doubt, with our friends, with our families, um, and with our significant others. And we're bringing our individual money journeys and personalities and things like that we are bringing those to a relationship and so if a fucking relationship isn't hard enough already then you've got to layer in how one person sees money compared mm. to how another person sees money and you might have spent years and decades like building up those beliefs and then when you try and cross them over like it's no wonder that your partner or your friend or someone in your family is just like nah that just does not make sense to me because mm. it's just not how they've done it so you know, I um, I don't know, I'm not an expert in this space, but basically one thing I've tried to do is just have more open conversations with my partner um, about money as I've gone through, you know, my relationship with her and just say, like, where are we going? Um, how are we actually going to do that? And how do other people make sense of it? Do we need to get some external help to do some plans and stuff? But what I hear a lot is that people are just too scared to even have those mm. conversations. But, a lot of shame around it, right? Yeah. yeah. But you just got to think through that logically. Like money, we, we learn things like, oh, money's the root of all evil and, and all mm. this sort of shit, right? But that just gets taught to us. So then we take it on board. So then we give it emotion. And then we realize mm. like money's just paper, digits, coins, metals. We're the mm. fucking idiots that give it all this emotion. Mm. And so then, yeah, yeah, which is strange, you know, but no one really talks enough about that for us to go like, oh yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. So then when we try and have those conversations with our partners, it's like instantly emotional because we've got all this shit where it's like, oh, I got taught that, you know, if, if people ask you how much you get paid, that's disgusting. They shouldn't mm. ask you about that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, so we create all these reasons to be scared about money, but one of the best tools that, well, sorry, the sayings that I've learned is money's a tool, nothing more, nothing less. And it's there to be used by ourselves individually and in partnerships and whatnot to figure out how do we use it to get closer to the goals that we have. So it probably comes back a lot to the fact that people don't actually want to talk about 
what their goals are. A lot of us don't even know. We don't know where we want to live. You know, we don't know how big we want the house to be, how many kids we're going to have. We will hide away and keep those conversations to ourselves. But if you can talk more openly about those things, then it's probably easy to build a plan backwards and have your partner see like, oh, okay, I can kind of see and, and explain like where your thinking comes from and why you think certain ways. But yeah, getting on the same page with money shit that's like it's mm. really tricky right and i think that's why a lot of wealthy people often say one of the biggest mistake i'm oh, sorry one of the biggest decisions that you'll make in your life is is the first marry yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so true i i'm thinking now my parents because they never saw eye to eye on money but now it makes sense here we go yeah if they're not obviously talking about their openly about their goals with money because i think my mum was always more of a tight ass and always mm. wanting to save and she was also the one that always paid the bills and did all the banking and whatnot whereas dad just money and mm. as he earned it was like cool let's go out for dinner let's go do this on the weekend and we used to always be like oh dad makes out that we're you know really well off but mum's always like no we're struggling to pay the bills type thing um and then in regards to goals i think mum's goals were always pay the mortgage off do this do that where dad was like oh let's get let's put a swimming pool in we'll just pop it on the mortgage yeah, mum was yeah. always like oh you know but you know dad obviously that wasn't a goal he didn't care about that as much as mum did whereas that was obviously a big goal for her but i um, don't think that would have been communicated yeah and yeah. hence they would have not seen eye to eye on spending and therefore it was always a bit of a, you know, if he was off spending money, it was always like, oh, he's spending all yeah. money on this. And, and I think as know. well, like on that, we learn so much from our parents about money, but it doesn't mean that they're right. And it doesn't yeah. mean that what they did in their time is relevant anymore. Yeah. And, you know, you have to accept that there's things to learn from your parents, but also take some of the things and go, hey, look, you know what, I'm going to try it my way and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, one day my dad said to me, he was like, mate, like, I don't know where all these fucking big goals and stuff come from of yours. Like, I've, I'd never thought like that. I've never, like, I just don't get it. And mm. I was sort of like, oh, wow, you know, I wonder where I have picked that up from. Mm. Uh, but it's cool that he can sort of give me the freedom to go and do my things. And I know there's a number of things that I do where he's just like, dude, like, this does not make sense to me what you're doing financially and stuff. But equally, like, the same. I'm like, well, there's things I've learned from you and there's things that I've learned from other people. Um, and so you've got to try and just build your own path and, and make some mistakes and stuff as well and, and take some of the, the lessons from those mm. and just go, yeah, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get everything right, but at least I'm going to have a crack. Mm. Mm. I, I like that practical advice of actually taking, um, taking a seat with your partner and actually planning like, where do you want to be yeah. in five years time or maybe 10 years yeah. time? And then working back from that, mm. figuring out like reverse engineering, how are we going to get there? And is that even what I want as yeah. well? Because well, yeah. it makes you know? a big difference in regards to, you know, spending and saving. If you're like, your goal is I want to do a world trip within the next however many years, whereas your partner might be like, oh, I'm happy with just a weekend away down at the Mount. Or want to save for a house again. or anything like that. Or want to save for a house or want to save for a new car. It's like, you know, if that's not aligned, then it's you can look at your partner spending and be like, oh my God, you're spending so much money on XYZ versus the other one who might be saving super hard because they've got this huge goal. So, yeah, yeah super important. Yeah, mm. that's Linda, the money mentalist, is the person. There we who go, does the, the money the, mentalist, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that does the personalities. But as well, I think one of the cool things you can do with your partner, and this is probably like the best gift you can get them, is to do the love languages if you don't mm. understand your love language and theirs. And, you know, for me, like, I'm not a gift receiver. It's not a thing for me. It doesn't really um, phase me. So then when I have to spend quite a bit of money on a gift for someone, I'm kind of like, fucking hell, man. Mm. Like, this is... Mm. Oh. And then if people give me an extravagant gift, I'm like, oh, thanks for that. Um, yeah. You know? So you, the more you understand about yourself, too, you can sort of see your own blind spots and just increase that self-awareness. Mm. What's yeah. something that we haven't talked about that you think more Kiwis need to know about money? Um... That's a great question. I just think that it's not scary, that it is, you know, it is just a tool and we, we're the idiots that put all this emotion on it. Um, the more you can learn about abundance, like that is just, that's so powerful and it's just so far away from what our media is throwing at us and what our politicians are throwing at us. As an example, you know, the politicians in the latest election were telling us about if you're in this group, we're going to give you X, Y, Z more per week. What a fucking stupid thing to be hinging your bet on, right? Like, oh, mm. politician's going to give me another $12 a week. Mm. You know, um, 1pm announcements around the pandemic and shit. I'm like, where were the 1pm announcements around like, fuck guys, inflation's coming, this is going to be bad, we need to, mm. we need to start teaching you guys some shit. Mm. And... Like, that just doesn't happen. So everything's 
like we're I think we're getting slowly conditioned to be like hopefully the government will sort it out for us mm. or they'll come with a solution so it's easy for me to say that and have a crack at the politicians and whatnot when I do that I like to go okay what can I do to prove that I my thinking can be backed up so but before the election I was like here we go I'm going to put together a webinar two ticks you and I guarantee you I can find you more money that's already available to you that you don't know about that you haven't had a crack at than what either of these politicians or these two political parties that you're going to be voting for because we're in a cost of living crisis can find you. Mm. And so I did, I spent hours putting together slides and getting examples and just pulling into all of my knowledge and different people that I'd spoken to to find ways that people could save some money uh, or get some money or even move some of their expenses into a, um, you know, a business if that was their thing so that they can save more and have more in their back pocket because I'm like, we can do more than the politicians. Like, fucking stop waiting for an election mm. because we still don't have a government at the time of recording this. We're going to wait till the 1st of April for them to introduce any of these tax changes. Mm. That's ages away. I'm like, let's get started on this shit now. Mm. So I'm often trying to find people that have basically taken all of the narrative and the stuff coming at us that it can't be done and that it's impossible and that it's hard and that we don't understand and interview them and be like, bro, tell me how you did it mm. and you know we have we don't have a many high income earners in New Zealand so therefore there's not too many people to learn from but there are Kiwis that are making 180 grand which is a top three percent income in this country you know they're making 180 grand and they are working and they can remote uh, work remotely and they're selling internationally one of the biggest business lessons that I had very early on with a client was they were selling the majority of their products into US yeah, yeah, yeah. online product and we were like are you charging US dollars they're like no we're in New Zealand we charge New Zealand dollars we're like that that's New Zealand think right that's like small New Zealand thing mm. we're like why don't you just swap it from next month to US dollars see what happens ah oh, we can't do that eventually they do it they're like no one said a word Mm. Like fuck, it doubled it? Yeah. the income as well, you yeah. know. And so those little things, you realise like, wow, I was sitting on a sixty percent gain, mm. but I just was looking at it from the wrong lens. So I think all of us Kiwis need to be challenged to think bigger, because I I feel like everything coming at us is keeping us small, and it's like putting us against each other, um, the you know the richer evil and all that stuff, and everyone's kind of playing into that, and you got to get yourself out of that and just go you know what, like, that, I've tried that shit, it's not for me anymore, um, because, yes, like, I, I can understand what it's like to not have much and whatnot, I've been there, but I haven't been in the depths of poverty like other people, for instance, but, fuck, you can't really help many people when you're broke, mm. like, that's one thing that I started to learn very quickly too, where it was a lot easier for me to go, you know what, I might spend six grand of my own money this year, or even 12 grand, doing some keep the change Facebook ads to get this content in front of more people. Do I need to do it? No. Do I want to do it? Well, yes, to help more people. Uh, is the money going to come back? Dunno. Can I afford to do it? Yes. Could I? Could an old version of Luke do it? Fuck no. Mm. Was thinking too small. Would be like, 12 grand, man, what are you doing? What a waste mm. of money. Like, keep that for yourself. Fuck, they don't, they don't deserve it. Fuck them. They can find their own information. Mm. I'm like, no, the more people that I help, the more people want to help me, the more the money starts to come back. And that's now easy for me to say because I get to see it happen. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting at a cafe having lunch paid for me where this guy's like, we want you to speak at our conference. I've been listening to your Keep the Change podcast. Yes, we'll pay you five grand. And I'm like, fucking boom to the yeah. old version of Luke two years ago that's like, yeah, let's roll 12 grand on Facebook ads to get mm. Keep the Change in front of more people mm. because maybe if I didn't run those ads, he didn't see it. Mm. So mm. if you think bigger and don't just think about yourself, like think about helping other people, then that's probably where your growth can come from. But most of us are like, we're just gonna look after myself because it's hard and so we, you know, we, we need to. But I wrote something the other day and I reckon most Kiwis wouldn't understand this, but Kiwis and most people probably focus on three sets of problems. Their own, um, the government, the system, the country, mm. the, the setup, the history, the past, all of that. That's the second lot. The third one is other people's problems. Mm. Now, most Kiwis sit in the, those two, right? And they think about their own shit that they've got going on, how the world's against them, the country's against them, fucking wrong government, blah, blah, blah. But and you, they try and solve those or they spend most of their time talking about those. But if you focus on actually solving other people's problems, 
you find that they fix that then fixes your problems and then all those issues around the government and all that other stuff starts to be less of a problem as well mm. but you know those people that look after other people they eventually get called selfish as well because they've got more money or they've got big audiences or they don't understand they should be talking about this political issue and they're not who do they think they are but the more you solve other people's problems the more that you know things come to you and you can then solve your own problems and you start to then worry less about things that are going on but you know to work through that the more businesses i could help achieve their goals the more that they were going to pay me because I was solving their problems. So then my income was going to increase. As my income increased, I'm like, well, I don't like the fact that everyday Kiwis are missing out on financial literacy. Well, I've got the money now that I can dump some resource and time and Facebook ads, for instance, into helping everyday Kiwis. And I'm now doing those two together where I'm solving a little bit of a country's problem, but solving other people's problems. And then round and round it goes. And then all of a sudden, old mate's saying, come speak at our conference, we'll give you five grand. I'm like, cool, made that money back over there. And then the thing just gets bigger. That has just opened a door for someone, including myself, bro. So thank you for that. That is fucking such great advice. I haven't really spoken about that or tried to articulate that yet. So that was sort of... Did uh, that well, didn't you think? Yeah, 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 that was very clear. That was very clear. I just wanted to get off my seat for a second. I was like, bro, you got to go. Time to work. (laughs) I know you're busy. I know you're busy. So um, I've just got two more questions for you. Uh, First one is, if people want to find you, Mm-hmm. Where, where can they go? Uh, keepthechange.co.nz if you want to sign up for Money Mail. There's the podcast. There's over 400 lessons now, so you've got a shit ton of content wow. to get through. And it's all free? Yep. Wow. Yep. There is over, I think it's 160 hours worth of content that you can wow. listen to. So you'd have to take a whole fucking year off. You'd have to use your four <laughs> weeks annual leave and sit down and do 40-hour weeks listening to the Keep the Change content just to get up to speed. Wow. But the beauty of that is that you can get something that is like, because a lot of the lessons are repetitive so they're just rewiring your brain yeah. like, okay, I can think like this um, next advisory our business podcast we have over 350 podcasts there as well so that's for everyday Kiwis that well sorry for business owners that want to learn more about business and didn't study tax and whatnot. we're like here's some of the information that you're going to need um, so yeah we're just about trying to improve everyday Kiwis and business owners so that we can create a better country better economy and I think this is part of how it works so there's two massive resources for people there to be able to tap into, but Instagram, keep the change, um, next advisory as well, you can find that. So, uh, otherwise I'll be at the gym at Britomart and in the sauna. So true, <laughs> <laughs> so you just chucks up a yarn in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know who's gonna be, That's so, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Last one, bro. If you could speak to Luke, who is right in the middle of paying back those big debts, mm. right? if he was sitting in front of you right now and he's looking to Luke right now for advice, what would you tell him? Man, I'd just say, bro, just go through it, do it, pay it down. You're still young, there's heaps of time. Once this is cleared, you're gonna be able to swap from paying down debt to investing. That's just as fucking boring. You're gonna take the money that you've got left over from your pay and you're either gonna pay down your mortgage or you're gonna invest in something and you're gonna go, well, next payday's coming too. Um, so that's been a cool lesson for me because I've done the debt one and now I'm doing the investing one and they're both reasonably boring. You can have a little bit more fun on the investing side, but when you start to learn more about investing, you realize, okay, stop trying to pick the next epic stock and crypto and shit and just passively invest over time. So learn the habits and take the habits through with you. There's, there's fucking wealth in being poor as well. So what I mean by that is that when you put yourself in the shit and you take yourself back below zero, so your negative net worth, you've got more debt than you have assets, man, that's a place that you never want to go back to too. So you've got a, a reference point now to be like, I'm fucking hungry, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm done with that life. And eventually you get out of it and then you start going the other way and you realize like, oh, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. And so then you don't want to go back there, so then you start thinking about things differently. Um, You look at money differently, you look at life differently, you look at the way you can help other people differently, you start seeing things more abundantly. So as much as getting yourself into debt sucks, it can be like a very, very good teacher if you can get yourself out of it. That's Luke, everybody. Thank you, brother. Easy. Awesome, bro.